0: A quick note here before we begin this episode of What Am I Rolling? This episode's one-shot, The Wishing Sigil, does contain mature content. Content warnings for this game include bullying, child endangerment and neglect, child abuse, childhood trauma, violence, gore, body horror, supernatural horror, adults abusing their power, and thoughts of suicide. This game is not appropriate for children under the age of 15. Therefore, this episode may not be suitable listening for children and vulnerable persons, and also may not be safe for work listening either. You have been warned. Hello, and welcome to What Am I Rolling? A twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This week I am playing The Wishing Siddual, an advent calendar-style journaling horror game written by Banana Chan and Doug Lewandowski. You can find out more information about The Wishing Sigil on their Kickstarter. I'll include links on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode's show notes. Life was good. So very very good. The holidays were coming and you were looking forward to spending them with your loving family. Then the unthinkable happened and you were torn away from them. Now you find yourself spending the darkest time of the year in a place where no one seems to care about you. That is, until some of the other children start disappearing. In the Wishing Sigil, the player writes daily journal entries about their time in a Victorian workhouse in the weeks leading up to Christmas. Each morning, the player receives an email with a prompt for the day, a question or two, or a situation they find themselves in, and they must write down their answers to craft the story of their encounter with holiday horror. During the game, the player will be drawing sigils, symbols meant to bring about their character's innermost desires. To complete the sigil each day, they'll be answering questions which will determine the next line in the drawing. When it is complete, the answers the player gave will determine what happens next. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one shot where the players and myself, well, most of myself because I was the player in this game, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. And, just a heads up, You can probably tell from like day 19 onwards, I wasn't feeling very well, I was very very sick over Christmas when I was recording this. So try not to judge the acting, narrative, performance I guess, in the last couple of entries I do, because as I said, I was very very ill and very very tired. But I got it finished, which is the more important thing. Whilst we always endeavour to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day we all make mistakes, and what matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. Okay, so I'm looking at Day Zero. 1823 was a turning point for London's economy. The city saw a massive growth in wealth and along with it came grand technological developments. This era birthed the middle class. People who were neither living in the slums of poverty or in luxurious manners that aristocrats were privy to. It was a time of change and all the city's occupants benefited except for abandoned and unwanted children. In an attempt to cure the epidemic of laziness, the government has taken children and the elderly and placed them into workhouses. This would be to guarantee a productive society in the eyes of the ruling powers. You are a child living in poverty. Perhaps you are an orphan already. Perhaps you just have one parent on the brink of death with no relations to take care of them. You have heard stories of the workhouse, where children are sent to work long hours in the sweltering heat next to the flames of a forge, or others to sew cloth until their fingers are mangled and bleeding. Life has been hard for you, but you've yet to be sent to a workhouse. You might be young, but you are smart and a quick learner. You are one of the rare few who have picked up how to read and write. Though your spelling isn't always perfect, and you occasionally come across spelling errors, you have this journal to keep your thoughts. When writing in your journal, write as though you are your character. Let's start with some easy questions so you can get the hang of it. What is your name? Um, Let's go with... Ida? Let's go for Ida Orborn. How old are you? I always prefer playing older characters. I think I just can't connect with younger people. <laughs> so let's go, let's go for 14. Were you always an orphan, or is your parent sick? Maybe you were abandoned by your family with too many mouths to feed. I have a parent... I'll have a a mother, but I have, like, lots of siblings, so I, I will be, like... I think I'll be the oldest of eight siblings. Yeah, I have a mother who's struggling to feed eight young children, but I am the oldest. What is the weather like? Today, uh... The weather is cold, but dry. A thin smog has descended on the capital, and it's obscuring most of the tops of the buildings from the street level. Describe your recent life. What is difficult in your days... What is good? Life has been... hard. It's been... It's been a month since Dad left. At night I have to huddle together with my other siblings in our small box room for warmth. And I can't remember the last time we had a good meal. I take comfort in that I'm not having to sleep out on the street. I know there's quite a lot of weird folk out there and it's... it's not nice. But at home... With my brothers and sisters, I'm safe. And that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters and that I'm with them and not... not out there. Who do you have in your life who raises your spirits when you are struggling? The person I have is Georgie, who's my youngest sister, the second oldest. She has long brown hair, like right down to her waist, and really incredible green eyes she just has this ability to tell like the best stories and she's always comforting the other kids and whilst I don't let on that I'm listening or, or trying to just get on and, and show a brave face I do enjoy her stories her stories are like a ray of light in the dark And she's always always got one and it's, they're always funny and they're always somewhere about exotic lands or faraway places and they're full of warmth and they're full of hope What beloved object do you possess? How does it bring you hope, joy, or some other strong positive emotion when you use it? I have an old necklace charm, which was my mother's, but it's just the locket. There's no uh, chain, there's no um, picture in it or anything, it's just a locket. And I'm calm when I hold it. I get quite anxious because there's all this worry, you know, being the oldest and you hear things and you want to protect even it's it's almost overwhelming, so I do get quite anxious, but when I hold it and I take up moment to think, I feel calm and I sort of process things a bit better. So I just hold the locket and everything will be okay. Day one Today was the worst day of your life. This morning, you were sent to a workhouse to live, no longer able to live where you were before. Though you're still in shock from this abrupt change, you're sure that this is the kind of place you've heard scary stories about. The other children are thin, mean, and exhausted. Soon, you know, you'll just be like them. The machines in the factory could break your body if you are not careful. You don't know if that will happen to you soon. Answer the following questions. Why were you sent to this workhouse? I think Mama was at her wits' end. She couldn't feed us all, and she was left with a hard choice. Give up one to save the rest. She told me that, as the oldest, I would have to be the bravest, and everything would be okay. But I still cried and begged her to let me stay, that I could get a job, I could do anything, I just didn't want to go... She pulled me along the cobbled streets towards the workhouse, and these tears streaming down her face, but she remained firm. She spoke a few words to the foreman, who signed like an X on some paperwork, took some coin, and turned away without looking back. It was all over in a couple of moments. I don't know if I'll see her again. Describe the conditions in the factory. What job are you forced to do? The factory, unlike most workhouses I've heard of, has these huge windows that let in greyish light from the smog outside. The floors are constantly scrubbed clean, but there's a stain to this place. It's almost like if you rub your hand against the wall, you would smudge the paint and reveal something underneath. Mould or rot. There's different rooms for different tasks, obviously. There's the washroom. There's a weaving room. Um, a sewing room and so on outside you can see there's a. if you look from one of the windows is um, a yard where some of the older boys and men break the stone and the wood and there's like a very, a very sad looking vegetable allotment which badly needs weeding there's just so many rooms filled with too many people people who are just thin gaunt and silent as an older girl who had to take care of their younger siblings and repair their clothes on occasion and put to work in the sewing room where we're instructed to make ladies' gloves. As the foreman keeps telling us, it's a task befitting of our gentle nature. I would have preferred somewhere like the washroom near the warm furnace, but only experienced women are allowed in there. What is the name of the child who is the cruelest to you? How did they make this unbearable situation even worse? In brackets, this is the bully. Liza is the cruelest. She's clearly been here the longest out of all the children in the workhouse. After I was left to settle in with the other children, she snatched my locket, saying babies weren't allowed to have such nice jewellery, and did I steal it, and was I a baby? I begged her to return it, saying that's all I had left. And she... She said, well... Only broken things are allowed in here, and with that she sort of broke the hinge of the locket and broke it clean in two. The sound was heartbreaking. I screamed, then I started to hit her, and she fought back, and within seconds we were pulled apart by adults. I I don't remember. We were both beaten for our insolence. I did manage to find one half of the locket in the hay and sawdust on the floor. Late at night, what sound do you think you hear whilst you're trying to sleep? That no one else seems to hear. It's gonna be sound odd, but I think I hear I think I hear singing. Like the sound of a woman's voice. Some sort of tune I unfamiliar to it, but it sort of rises and falls, coming up through the floorboards. It goes on throughout the night, and eventually I do fall asleep. But when I wake up No one else seems to say anything. No one else seems to know. Or mentions it at least, maybe they do, but I'm not one to ask questions. It becomes quite apparent that asking questions is asking for trouble. Day 2 Your first full day in the workhouse began with the sound of the whistle at 7am. The other children rushed out of bed, half-dressed, out of their rooms. You enjoyed the quiet whilst they rushed away, wondering why they were in such a hurry. As you followed the slowest children out, you soon learn why. There's not enough food for everyone to eat at breakfast. But a kind child from your room shares what little they have with you. Breakfast quickly finishes and you find yourself at work. A child sitting next to you tells you about the previous occupant of your bed. They went mad! You see a fear in their eyes. I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. Shortly before they disappeared, they were talking about making wishes come true. Then, a few days before you arrived, they were crushed in one of the factory's machines. Answer the following questions. Who shares their food with you when they see you don't have enough? This is your friend. There's another little girl, Edwina. Has really frizzy, black hair... She's probably missing one of her big front teeth. She's quite young, I'd say maybe 10, but her smile and her sort of like willingness to share food with me instantly makes me feel grateful. And it's that sort of spark of friendship, that sort of spark of kindness, really means the world to me. During the day, your work is difficult. How is a child working near you maimed during their work? So, In the sewing room, there's not many machines or anything like that, but in order for us to sew the garment, we have to cut it out, and before we can even do that, we have to iron the cloth, and iron the silk, and iron the materials we're going to use. So there is a hearth where we put on the metal irons so they get hot enough. So they are very, very hot, and what happens is that a child next to me who's fetching, I'd say she's fetching coals to keep the fire going she brushes past one of the irons and it falls and it hits her hand it scolds her, it burns her hand so violently and she just lets out this horrible scream everyone looks up from their work and it's burnt so badly that she can't make a fist, she can't close it so she can't carry anything with that hand you've got tears streaming down her face as she's taken away from the room and then we're just told to get back to work. Another child steps up and takes her place. That night, you're sure you hear the same sound as the night before. Now coming from underneath your bed. What compels you to look at it? Because it's closer? I recognise the, the music, the singing. It's one of my favourite hymns, at singing at church. The reason it compels me is that it's my favourite. It's in the bleak Winter. It reminds me of home, and it reminds me of this feeling of celebration in winter. It reminds me of happier times when we used to go, we used to enjoy ourselves, even for a few moments in the warmth of the church down the street. I have to look. Who could be singing that song? That song that's meant for me. You go under your bed... And write a sigil over and over again into the late hours until you're overwhelmed with the lull of sleep read through your answers and think on them now go to the sigil label day two here choose only one option available at each level and link the dots with straight lines be sure to pass through the dot at the center of the sigil at the top it says what are your desires choose either one there's five dots on the thing there's a dot from the first point down into the middle And then there's two options I could take. I could either choose the hunger to end or a way out. I just want to go home. I want a way out. And then I get a choice to choose either one. I could either choose power or I could choose knowledge. I think because Ida is so scared and she just wants to be in control and having that locket broken, she wants to be in control so she will choose power. As you drift into sleep, your dreams flood your mind. You dream about what you want, but that quickly cuts into another scene. You'll see yourself punching someone over and over again. Who is it? Well, it's got to be her. It's got to be Liza. She broke my locket. She took away something that was very precious to me and she broke it. And now, and now I want to break her. Day 3. You wake up to the sound of the whistle, still underneath your bed from the night before. The dots you saw have vanished. You rush out with the others to get your breakfast. You still have more strength than they do, so you are able to get to the head of the line and get something to eat. Work that day is especially arduous. You don't know why, but the overseers are crueler than usual today. Answer the following questions. How do the adults express their cruelty? Who is the cruelest among them? When they come to the sewing room, they are inspecting the goods, the garments that we've created. There's one of them, a very severe-looking lady, with her hair mack in a very, very tight bun that sort of pulls her whole sort of face up, almost pained expression on her face. And as she's going through the garments, she's picking out little imperfections. And what she starts doing is ripping the gloves, like ripping them apart, throwing them into the fire, saying it's not good enough. And that we have to start the next lot over again. Just before work is done for the day, a child is killed in a machine. What happens to the child's body? How does your friend respond? There's a big noise down the hallway, like the squeal of spinning Jenny's stopping huge cry goes up and we're told we need to wait here as the sort of supervisor goes out. There's a lot of commotion, people running back and forth but we're too frightened to move. A little while later, the supervisor comes back and informs us that a child was caught in the machine. Their dress got caught by one of the wheels as they were trying to clean out under the machine as the jenny went back and as they tried to escape and were told that we need to finish our work from what happened before so we are forced to stay and not see but we managed to take a look out into the to the yard and we see a couple of adults carrying a bundle a very small bundle, bloodstained they take the body past the allotment onto the other side and there's just a hole and they toss it in there's a moment where they sort of bow their heads and then they go back just one massive grave for every child and every person that dies in this place Edwina she stands next to me and holds my hand and gives it a squeeze and says it's okay we're okay, we're safe in here but she's crying and I'm crying too. That night, before bed, the bullies even crueler to you. What did they do? I'm about to go to bed after sort of washing my hands and being in the queue for the lavatory. I get back and my bed, the bare basics of the coverings, are soiled. They are covered in urine. And as I'm sort of stood there in a tattered nightgown, agog at this scene of this this violation, this sort of mess, Liza sort of comes up and says, what a baby for wetting the bed, you don't belong here as I sort of look at her silently with tears welling up in my eyes she leans in close and she says to me, count yourself lucky that you weren't the one working in the Jenny room today, that girl who died today was a baby just like you You'll be next. And then she walks away laughing, and I just stand there, wondering what to do. After everyone has gone to sleep, you crawl back underneath the bed and see the dots there again. Read through your answers and think on them, then link the dots on the next sigil. The sigil today, it's like a triangle already done, At the top I've got what are your desires? Choose either one less work or more sleep. I'm gonna go with less work after the day I've had. The cruelty that was shown in it wasn't very nice. Gone less work back to the to the bottom of that triangle, and then what are your desires? And then it goes choose either one blood or chaos. I'm going to go with chaos. There's been enough bloodshed today. You chose chaos. You feel your dreams take a hold of you. You see yourself enjoying the next day. What are you doing? I see myself outside. I see myself actually at the allotment. On a bench. Just sitting there. It's a sunny day and I just feel the breeze on my cheeks and everything's quiet the quietness of the outside not being shuttered inside and the clear blue sky is just beautiful and I get that moment to myself and I really I really enjoy it I feel happy for the first time in a long time another scene cuts in you suddenly find yourself in a cave. You hear the light trickle of water somewhere. The crackle of a small fire warms the room. You see a silhouette of a horned beast against the light.
1: Such a good little I am happy to see you.
0: How do you respond? I... I don't respond. I don't say anything verbal. I sit down by the fire and feel myself getting warmer and I take a moment and I say, I'm happy to be here. Day 4. You wake into the frantic sounds of other children in your room. The sun is higher than you expect, but you heard no whistle. A child is saying there is no breakfast, but it's past seven. Before long, the whistle blows, and the children rush into an empty common room. The foreman announces that, because of an accident, the machines will have to be recalibrated. As punishment for the children's carelessness, there will be no food that day, and they'll be locked in their sleeping quarters until further notice. One of the ways you and the other children pass the time is by telling stories. A roommate you've never spoken with before explains that the child who used to stay in your bed went mad and died in an accident just before you arrived. Not all the details are the same as you heard the other day, but most of the children begin to taunt you, claiming that you'll go mad too. None of them, though, mention that they've seen you under the bed. Answer the following questions. Do you believe the story? Of course, you know about the dots under the bed, but do the rest seem true? I don't believe the story. It's frightening, you know. We've not had food all day, and we pass the time by turning on each other and telling stories and taunting each other. It breaks a spirit this sort of place. The story doesn't seem true because I just I just don't want to believe it. I feel like I need to be in control, so I'm gonna say I, I just ignore other things. Like, I it would not surprise me that someone would go mad here, but I don't believe it's connected to the bed. It's nothing to do with that. And I don't want to admit to myself that I could also be going mad. I mean, I'm only four days in, but it feels like a lot longer than that. The bully, angry because of their hunger, it's even worse than the day before. Just before bedtime, they do something that you think might kill you. What is it? I try and keep myself to myself. I don't want people to notice me. I just want to fade into the background, almost. I don't want people to talk to me any more than they do, certainly with the taunting. Because I retreat into myself and I write in this journal. I think that aggravates Liza. Liza. With the hunger and with going sort of stir crazy, being I mean locked in our rooms, she's just pacing back and forth, itching to fight. And seeing me there, just writing and trying to send to myself and keep sane, she hates it. She slaps my journal out of my hand and starts chasing me round the room. And then she sort of grabs me, saying, do I think I'm better than all of them? Being able to write, being able to be calm. How dare I? How dare I do this to her? Clearly quite mad. Grabs my arm, rings it round my back. I'm on the floor and she pulls it tighter and tighter and it, it strains, and I can feel like the tendons and the bones creaking. I beg her to stop please saying I won't do anything else. I oh, please I don't I don't know what she wants. I don't know. And eventually she sort of spits at the back of my head and lets me go and tells me I'm pathetic. She could break my arm, she could, she could kill me, and no one would do anything. All the kids are here are scared of her. I'm scared of her. I don't know what to do. Despite hearing a story about the child who had your bed before, what makes you crawl under your bed that night... I think I can hear the singing. It's softer this time, but I think no one else can see that I do this. After that experience with the bully, of course I'm just going to go to where I think I can hide and I can be safe. It reminds me so much of when, of when my family sang I feel like I can hear Georgie. So I crawl underneath. Read through your answers and think on them. Then link the dots on the next sigil. What are your desires? You can either choose a good day or to see a friend. And then it goes down to vengeance. I I want to I just want peace. I just want to be okay, so I'm going to pick a good day. And then it goes down to vengeance. I don't know what that means. You hear a voice in your head that whispers
1: My child. I feel your wish. You wish that the bully would stop hurting me. Your wish shall be granted if you draw every night. Do you promise to keep answering my questions to make your drawing?
0: Before you can think, you feel yourself whispering in a voice like the air being drawn from your lungs. Yes. The world goes black. Day 5. You awaken in your bed to the whistle, happy and refreshed. You feel better than you've felt since you got here. Work that day is smooth, even though one child near you, a small, thin wristed boy named Henry, never comes to his station. Kids fall ill, your friend shrugs, or some relations of his fetched him. He was sweet. Did you ever speak with him? You never had. As the day goes on, more people start talking about Henry's departure. You hear a few of the adults whispering that he must have run away. Answer the following questions. What do you believe happened to Henry? I think it's wishful thinking to think he's been picked up. I mean, I've only been in this place five days, but it doesn't seem the sort of place that you check in, stay a few days, and check out again. Or at least, not easily. I don't know what happened to Henry. I really don't. Every so often, whilst I'm working, I get distracted and I look outside, at the allotment, at the pit, and I wonder, I wonder if anyone's checked there. I know it's quite deep. I feel like once you fall in, you can't get back out. Only dead things are in there. Whatever the case, Henry's not here anymore. Why does the bully seem particularly upset about Henry's disappearance? I think Henry was her younger brother. So him disappearing is obviously upsetting, but possibly what's more upsetting is that if there was a relation that came to pick him up, only Henry's picked up and not Liza. Liza doesn't cry. She's angry. But it's almost like a hopelessness. She doesn't know what to do. She sort of paces around. She's not loud and brash like she normally is. She's... Is she afraid? Afraid of being left behind? How does the bully lash out at you? I pity her. Being the eldest of eight, I... I I know what she's going through to an extent, so I... Before we go to bed, I I pass her cot, and I ask if she's okay. She stands up, she's just a little bit taller than me, and she shoves me away, saying, how dare I try and speak to her. Her shove, she pushes me so hard that I hit up against another cot. My back and the top of my shoulders are bruised. I don't say anything, I sort of pick myself up and then carry on walking towards my cot and I can hear her screaming after me saying that she'd kill me if she had the chance and how dare I talk to her but I think I think I hear her voice wobble that night you crawl under your bed after light's out read through your answers and think on them then link the dots on the next sigil What are your desires? I can go for... No more injury? Or no more bullying? No more injuries. I think Ida would pick that. I think I've seen through the bullying now. It doesn't scare me. Now that I know she is in the same boat as I am. And then... Choose either. Change... Or knowledge. Ida... Ida would pick change. She wants to see something different. She's had power. Knowledge does not interest her, she just wants things to be different. You chose change. Your eyes slowly close, letting sleep take over. What are you doing in your dream? I am doing what I was doing in the other dream. Sitting in the allotment, sitting on that bench, with the sun in the sky. The allotment seems different. There are beautiful flowers. There's even there's even bird song. And I am at peace. I am happy. I'm holding my locket. Just taking deep breaths, taking in all the smells, all the sights, all the sounds, and treasuring it. In your dream, the voice interrupts with a whisper.
1: I feel your frustration. I have begun. I did not say your wish be granted instantly. I require more drawings. You're doing so, so well.
0: Day 6. It is another smooth day of work, but the chatter is only about Henry. One of the other girls in his sleeping quarters swears she found a clump of animal fur in his bed. She wanted to show it to everyone, but she says one of the adults took it away from her. Most kids don't believe her. Other kids say he accomplished what many think is impossible. He escaped. Others have even more outlandish theories. There is no injuries that day, and the bully does nothing to you that night. At night, hidden underneath the bed, you hear the body whisper to another child in the darkness. You cannot quite make out what they are saying. Answer the following questions. What is the strangest theory about Henry's disappearance? What shred of that story do you believe? The one that catches my sort of tension is the talk about him digging his way out and the reason I believe it is because there's something about the allotment and this person keeps talking about how they're digging must have dug all the way down to Australia or or China, you know to the centre of the earth because that's where it's warmest no one would suspect him there during the day when you're not listening to the rumours you think about your old life the one from less than a week ago that now seems almost a lifetime away what do you think about and lost in your thoughts what injury do you just barely avoid? I think about Georgie. I think about mealtimes when it was more Georgie story time. I'd get everyone sat round the table, and Georgie would begin how she'd always have something new, no matter what. And I think about Christmas. I think about going to church and singing the old hymns. And whilst I'm thinking about it, I'm on the cutting cloth duty today, using like a really sharp knife by cutting around like a, a horrible stencil, cutting it down to size. As so I'm just thinking, and I think about the songs, and I think about the favourite hymns, there's a moment where a cut, and I suddenly realised I was so close to cutting my own little finger off on my left hand, which was holding the fabric together. I have to shake myself and like, almost slap myself out and say, you need to concentrate, this is a very dangerous job, this as dangerous, you can't afford to lose fingers here. I frighten myself for losing concentration for even just a moment. You can't make out any specifics, but well, what scant, non-specific details do you hear the bully whisper about? It's almost like she's listing items. Like she's listing items of details, but they don't connect... The smell of something, a, a bear, a bear made of, i it's just stuff like that, like a listing of items, or household things, or, or, or possessions, listing the possessions of someone. But she's saying it so quickly, I can't keep up, I don't know what they mean. Read through your answers and think on them. Link the dots on the next sigil. What are your desires? Choose up to two and join the dots. So I've got love, kindness, a family, and a friendship. Or a line down the middle. Ida would choose... Ida would choose love. She wants love. She wants to be back with her family. And that's all that matters. So, either will choose love and a family. The voice returns, whispering
1: harshly. No, no, no. Your drawings, your drawings are, wrong. are wrong. Your answers, your, answers, your, answers, answers, your, feelings, your feelings are wrong. wrong, wrong, wrong. If, you if you continue to disappoint, to disappoint me, me I will find someone who will not. You crawl
0: out from under your bed and fall into a fitful sleep. I just opened day seven's email, and there's like a gif of a person, and it sort of flickers and then there's blood coming out of the neck of it. Ooh, I did not expect that when I was uh, when I was opening that that was, that was absolutely terrifying. Day seven Your sleep that night was regularly interrupted by a terrible vision. The same one over and over again. You feel barely awake but you float through your day. You continue with your work in a feverish haze. Answer the following questions. What does your friend try to talk to you about? How do you rebuff them? Edwina tries to talk to me about Henry. Everyone's got into a big tiff about different theories and rumours, and she's just trying to make sure that you know I'm okay, because these things happen and stuff. She's saying, like, you know, people run away all the time, and I'm sure that his parents have picked him up. It's almost like she's comforting herself, rather than comforting me. And I... I snap. and tell Edwina to go away. I'm busy. I'm trying to do my work. I don't need her to talk to me about stupid Henry. I don't care about him. I want her to leave me alone. I regret it instantly, but the damage is already done. And she goes away. The bully seems suspicious, ignoring you. What do you worry they are plotting? Liza doesn't look at me. Our paths don't cross, and that worries me. Normally I can hear her shouting or berating other people, but not today. She seems quiet. It worries me. Something's going to happen. She's had it out for me since the beginning, so... I think it's going to be me. I think I'm going to be the target of whatever it is. She frightens me, her violence, her her way. I, I tried to reach out to her and it didn't work, and now... And now what? When you lay down in bed, you think you should stay awake long enough for everyone else to go to sleep, then crawl underneath your bed to draw. But sleep overtakes you. You startle awake under the bed. You find yourself in the middle of drawing symbols in the air. You hear the voice hiss at you. What do they say?
1: Don't stop. Keep keep drawing. It
0: says read through your answers and think on them. What are your desires? And underneath it says, choose all the answers and join the dots. And... The four options I have. They all say the same thing. They say. They say murder. The voice soothingly coos.
1: You may yet serve my purpose.
0: Day 8. As you did a few days ago, you awaken happy and refreshed. Work seems to fly by and your friend has been assigned to work near you. There are moments today when you think you could survive here. That night, though, the bully puts their plan into motion. Answer the following questions. What do you and your friend talk about? What do you learn you two have in common? Edwina and I hadn't spoken since talk about henry's disappearance when i snapped at her she sort of went away and was very quiet for a few days today she sat near me as we were sewing the gloves together and whilst we were quiet for a little bit she started talking about her life before here she started talking about her family and she also was part of a large family she had six brothers and sisters one of her siblings is called georgie Her brother, her youngest brother. And it startled me, because obviously I have a sister called Georgie. And suddenly we were talking again. Her father died, and with no one there to look after them, they all got sent to different workhouses. She doesn't know if the rest of her siblings are still alive, or if they got out. But she's doing the best she can. She hopes she can see them again one day. What is the bully's plan? How is it so much worse than you could ever imagined? Liza, again, is quiet all day until the evening. I was about getting ready for bed, and suddenly I feel a sheet pulled over me, and I'm in complete darkness. And I'm pulled to the ground, and I'm being punched and kicked And it's not just one person, it's several. Over and over again, I can hear her laughing. I can hear her screaming, telling me that I brought this on myself. And it's so much worse because... Because I... The anger, the intensity of it is so beyond anything I've experienced. I feel the bruises and I feel punches land and it's just the pain of it. It's so intense. I just curl up as much as I can into a small ball and try and roll with it. And eventually, after what seems like the longest time, it stops. What is the one thing that makes the bully stop, before you find yourself cowering under the bed? Eventually it stops, and I stay there, weak. I can hear her panting. And I hear her say something to someone, and she stops, and she walks away. I pull the sheet out and I'm left alone in the bedroom. I look around and I can't, I can't see her. I know it was her, I know she was there, but I don't know why she stopped. Someone said something to her. I couldn't make out the words. Read through your answers and think on them. Then, link the dots on the next sigil. What are your desires? Choose either one. And it asks me to either choose the truth, or no more sigils. I'm in too deep at this point. I can't go back now. I choose the truth.
1: I feel your anger. You feel lied to by me. You do not always make the drawings for me. This is your fault. But I am forgiving. Draw all night, and tomorrow I will take steps to keep them from continuing to hurt you. Day nine.
0: The next morning, you're getting dressed when the bully throws you to the ground by your throat and leans in, laughing. I hope you enjoyed yesterday, you little shit. They snarl. I can hurt you. I'll always be able to hurt you. They slap you, hard and across the face, then spit on you. The other children laugh, and file out behind the bully. Only your friend stays behind and helps you up. Shortly after returning to work after the noonday meal, you hear screaming from across the factory. The machines grind to a halt, only to make the screaming louder. Overseers rush from their stations towards the sounds. The children follow quickly behind. As you get closer, you see what has happened. A child has fallen into the machine, and another, trying to catch them, was pulled in as well. The first child is dead. The second one is still alive, but in agony. You've never seen an injury like this one before. The crowd pushes to get closer, and you're shoved forward close enough to see better. The first child was one of the children who laughed at you this morning. The other child, the one screaming in agony, was the child that the bully was whispering to a few nights ago. As you look at them, they look directly into your eyes and go silent. You think, for a moment, that something has relieved their pain. Then see that they've gone limp. They're dead. As you're sent back to your living quarters, you hear one of the overseers say, Well, at least this won't be as hard to clean up as the last one. Should be running back up tomorrow. Answer the following questions. How do you spend the rest of the evening before bed? After the incident, we're all ushered back to our rooms and we're told to get back on with our work. And that's what I do. I try and think about anything else. I try and think about home. I try and think about different theories about how Henry got away. What I saw in that workroom, seeing that machine almost eating those children and so much pain being inflicted. It was indescribable. I can't. I'm just trying to think of anything else to keep away from it. Keeping myself busy. I work as hard as I can. I complete pairs of gloves. Pair after pair after pair after pair in the hope that Each pair will help chip away at that horrible image frozen in my mind, and before I know it, I am the last one in the workroom just finishing up another pair. There is acknowledgement from sort of the overseer of this room, a woman, her face sort of lined with age and tiredness. As I sort of give in the rest of things, she does a quick inspection of all the work and sort of nods. I think acknowledges that what I saw was dreadful, but doesn't share the sympathy doesn't do anything just acknowledges that this is a thing that happened, and it's shared between us as I said sort I'll of go back to bed i'm trying to I scribble in this in my diary i'm just i don't know i just- try, I'm trying to think of any way to sort of process this just seeing this sort of life snatched away by the jaws of this machine i I just imagine it is just cogs and wheels steam and I think I realise that no child should be here no parent would ever want this for their child this place it's hell and there's no way out the bully seems upset about the two kids and you're surprised they don't take it out on you how do they express this hurt Liza takes it very, very hard. This time I stay away. I maybe pass her on the way to use the lavatory. I just see she's just scowling and suddenly starts punching the wall over and over and over again, making quite a solid dent. The strength of her bony frame being channeled into this tiny fist of rage, just pounding the wall. Her knuckles start to split and bleed. When I sort of quickly look back as I turn the corner, I think she's crying. By the time I come back from the laboratory, the only sign that she was ever there is just the massive gouge in the wall and a bit of blood. I assume one of the overseers has taken her away to try and calm her or beat it out of her. Back under the bed, you take a breath before beginning the sigils. Read through your answers and think on them. Then, link the dots on the next sigil. Okay, so, the question, as always, is what are your desires? And it says, choose up to two and join the dots. The line goes down, and the three choices I have to make is turn back time, healing, and save the children. There's been enough death here. This place smells of it, so I think I would choose turn back time and save the children. So the is almost like a an upside-down Y. The voice whispers, Is this, this not
1: you what want you wanted, stupid child? I see what you want. Now I hear your little mind heart. asking you to stop doctor. This was just as much for me as it was for you. I won't need you for much longer anyway.
0: You lie awake until almost dawn, unable to fall asleep, thinking of the way the child looked at you before they died. Eventually, you drift off, but you dream only of their broken, mangled bodies and their screams. Day 10. When the whistle screams and you awaken, the room seems surprisingly empty until you remember the accident from the day before. You look around and see that another child is missing, one of the ones that laughed at you. As you turn away from their bed, you see the bully looking at the empty bed too. Then the two of you make eye contact. During work that day, your eyes wander out of a window that the overseers have opened. A massive gnarled tree sits outside, its branches like tendrils twisting at impossible angles. Near noon, you glance out at a red-dyed sky and see the child who vanished in the night standing by the tree, looking at you. As you move your mouth to say their name, one of the branches moves violently across them and they are pulled back into the bark. You see their mouth open to scream, but no sound comes out. They are gone, into the tree. You turn to see if anyone else can see it, when your friend roughly grabs your arm and pulls it away from the machine. Be careful, your friend cries. You almost... I... And they throw their arms around you, sobbing. You start crying too. You are interrupted by a nearby overseer, who roughly pulls you two apart, telling you that if you don't get back to work, there'll be no supper. You look back at the tree. You see nothing unusual about it. Answer the following questions. What do you think happened with the tree? Was it your imagination? Or was it something that really happened? I'm scared. I don't know what's happening anymore. That voice, what it said to me, I think... I think I'm going mad. This thing can't be real. But if it is, it's threatening me. It has the power to deal with my problems. It has the power to take them and make an example of them. But this show of power, if it is real, and I'm not saying it is real, this show of power is a threat. If I believe that it's real, then I don't know what to think. Accidents happen all the time. People go missing all the time from this place. That's... that much is relevant. I... I think I'm going mad. What did the other children think happened to the child who disappeared? They don't say much. I think we're all aware that children are going missing, and that accidents have been increasing. Maybe it's just this time of year. There are whispers, of course, but they're quietly hushed. I think everyone's scared. We don't know who could be next. I think the whispers that do come across, they just say, oh, they must have run away. It's just another person who had no family, no connections, who hated this place. But the fear is there. They are frightened. We are frightened. Despite what has happened, why do you still go under the bed to draw that night? I go under the bed again because I hear the singing again, but this time i'm I'm sure it's Mar's voice I'm sure it's her voice I'm tired of being scared I'm tired frightened just want to go home and and this might be the only way to get home if I just agree if I just do as it says then maybe there's a chance maybe I can go home maybe I can see her again maybe maybe I'll get to see Georgie Read through your answers and think on them. Then, link the dots on the next sigil. <sighs> the same question as always. What are your desires? I can choose up to two. Straight line that goes down, and the three options I have are help, love, and family. Family, for sure. And help. I'm scared. I want to get out. There is no voice. You hear nothing. Day 11. As the whistle sounds, you awaken. Not refreshed, but your mind is at least clear. You likely just imagined everything under the bed. There was, after all, no response last night. Maybe it was all your imagination. The bully doesn't look at you. You see them sitting on the edge of one of the empty beds. You walk past them to breakfast, which is more plentiful than usual. Work that day begins with the overseers speaking with the children before the machines start running. There are strange men and women, well-dressed and clearly not of a social class, standing next to them. The overseers talk about how tragic the injuries and deaths have been here. How this all could have been avoided if the children had said that they were tired. One of the overseers seems to be suggesting that one of the children, who died two days ago, threw themselves into the machine. Some of the children near you grumble, saying, That's not what happened. They tell you that they've made changes to make the work safer for you all. That night, as you're drifting off to sleep, you hear the sound of the bully crying into their pillow, trying to keep anyone from hearing them. You decide not to go into the bed tonight. Answer the following questions. What changes did they make to the work in the factory? We get more breaks. Every hour or so, we are told we have to go outside and spend some time in the open air. It's done in shifts, obviously, they can't have everyone going out at the same time, but my room is one of the first rooms to go. We get to go outside, into the yard. There's a few benches. you get to take in the fresh air. Some of the children start playing a few games, maybe hopscotch. I don't. I just sit on the bench, trying to centre myself, holding onto my half of the locket. How do the Overseers subtly express their cruelty? But of course, with these breaks, it means nothing. We have to make up for the time we've spent outside. So not only are they short, but we have to have another two hours onto our workday. We're already so tired. There's only so many gloves people can make. It's small, but it it makes a big impact. You see some of the youngest children falling asleep at their workstations. Thankfully, we're in the sewing room, so there's no risk of possible injuries. I can only imagine what it's like in the spinning room. Do you feel any pity for the bully, or do they deserve all these bad feelings? Despite everything, despite her cruelty to me, I do feel sorry for Liza. One of the first kids was apparently her sibling, and and now it feels like she knows she's being punished. She knows something is happening. She's just as scared as I am of this place. She acts out in anger, but I know it's the only way she can control her fear. It's the only way she can be in control, is to hurt others I do feel sorry for her I tried to reach out before but I don't know whether I should now No more of this read through your answers and think on them and there's no sigil today oh my god the feeling of a hand gripping your throat startles you awake you try to open your eyes, but a third palm is roughly covering them. You feel hot breath in your ear and hear the voice, not in your head, but in the very room with you. It whispers to you.
1: Little child, I am strong enough to be here, but not strong enough yet. You will go under the bed of light and
0: Its hand still over your eyes lifts you by the throat and sets you on the floor, almost gently, then pushes you under the bed. As you open your eyes to look, you see a pair of cloven hooves moving out of the room. You start to draw. Day 12 You awaken to the whistle. The bully is staring at the ceiling, and then slowly, almost mechanically, gets out of bed. You shuffle off the breakfast, and... While you and your friend are eating as quickly as possible, the bully moves to sit next to you. Can I sit here? They ask. I don't have anyone to sit with anymore. The workday is easy, like yesterday. The machines are moving slower, but you find that you're making few mistakes and sending fewer things on half-finished. You and your friend chat, and you find out that you have more in common than you thought. At the end of the day... Through strained teeth and with a well-dressed woman looking sternly at him, the foreman of the factory tells you that the factory will be closed for a day of recreation tomorrow, thanks to the Society for the benefit of the orphaned young, who will be taking you to a park. Answer the following questions. Do you and your friend let the bullies sit with you? If you do, what do you talk about? If not, where does the bully sit? Of course I let Liza sit with us. last couple of days, she has been suffering, and now she doesn't have anyone. I know what that's like, and I'm sure Edwina does too. So when she asks if she can sit with us, I say of course. I move over, let her sit next to me. Maybe Edwina sort of gives me a look, but I ignore it. Maybe I even share some of the food I have. Edwina and I keep on talking what we were talking about before. Liza doesn't contribute to this, and doesn't take part. She just sits and eats, just listening to our conversations. I can tell she's listening quite intently. Probably enjoying having someone there. Enjoying the company. And just taking that moment to to relish that she's not alone. In a place like this, the hope is sort of crushed out of you, and little acts of kindness can go a long way. And I hope... I hope Liza's not alone anymore. I'm glad I reached out. And I'm glad I continue to reach out. What do you find that you and your friend have in common? So, sort of following on from our previous discussion about having a sibling called Georgie we talk a bit more about our home lives and in a roundabout way i sort of bring up the hymns that i've been hearing i obviously don't say where i've heard them or who i think is singing them but i talk about going to church i talk about hymns and edwina talks about her experiences in a choir she used to be in a church choir and how she always enjoyed singing the advent hymns and the psalms and she particularly liked one song, oh, what was it called? Um, In the Bleak Midwinter. And of course, I'm like, well, me too, that is my favourite Advent song. And I feel so close to her now. Like, these two little things. I'm so glad she gave me a chance and tried to speak to me again after we had that falling out. It's really nice to know I can trust her and have someone to depend upon in this place. What does the voice whisper in your head when you hesitate to crawl under the bed to draw? I'm sort of looking under the bed taking a deep breath and it feels cold the air feels cold all around the space deadly quiet and I hear in my head the smallest little whisper
1: it has begun don't stop now little loud we have great work we need to do We have great things we need to accomplish. I need you. Come here.
0: My heart catches in my chest, and then it says...
1: I know you're scared of me, but I do know you. Your old family left you. Let me be your new family. Let me love you.
0: And I crawl under the bed. Read through your answers and think on them. Then, link the dots on the next sigil. What are your desires? Choose either one. A day off? fun at the park. I do like the outside. I don't think I've been to the park for such a long time. I think I would like that. Green underneath my feet. Maybe there's be some some trees to climb, or or we could play hide and seek. We could just play games and and maybe maybe there'll be a picnic and and oh that would be freedom to do that, the freedom to run around in an open space, away from a roaring fire, away from the noise of the machines away from all of this in the outside, in the clear air, in a park full of green and flowers that's what I want I want fun at the park and then it says choose either one knowledge or joy this feels like a really tricky one this one um and joy something i do long for i want love i want a family joy seems bundled up with that i'm going to choose joy You chose joy. Oh my, oh, my sweet child. The voice slivers. How pathetic that you
1: are. You want a little bit of joy in your life. I will grant you a little happiness.
0: Your body floats into a soft sleep. That night, you dream of being with a family you have never known. Will Ida ever be able to escape the factory? Who or what is this voice that speaks to her? And more importantly, what does it want? Find out next time on What Am I Rolling? The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded and edited by me, Fiona Howitt. This episode's player was Fiona Howitt. This episode's RPG was The Wishing Sigil an advent calendar-style journaling horror game written by Banana-Chan and Doug Lewandowski. You can find out more information about The Wishing Sigil on their Kickstarter. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon or TwinMusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Fancy getting in touch? Email the podcast at podcasts at gmail.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply.